Social Strategy Podcast, episode 59. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the podcast. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this next guest. He's a musician with a very, very interesting background. I don't want to give too much away before we do the intro, but trust me, you're going to really enjoy this. He's got some amazing things going on. Make sure you check out episode 58. It's with Shola Abidoy. I really did enjoy that episode. She's interesting. Startup person, really the first conversation I've had a chance to get with someone that's, you know, created a startup and taken it to success. Very interesting story. Very compelling. A lot of good information in that episode. I've been getting a lot of feedback on it, which is amazing. So check that out. Also, on the right-hand side of the site, if you go out there, make sure you check out the Social Strategy Academy. Get your free sponsorship kit. Bloggers, podcasters, people that do events, there is something in there for you that will help you with landing sponsorship for your events. Also, make sure to check out the other links that I have on the sidebar for Podbean. Use promo code VRPodbeanFree. And guys, email me. Let me know what you're thinking about the podcast, vernon at vernonross.com. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get right into the episode, and I will see you guys on the back end. Hello, everyone. This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, good old-fashioned networking. And today, guys, I've got a guest. It's taken us a couple times, a couple reschedules to actually connect, but usually that is an indication that is going to be an awesome interview and an awesome time with a lot of value for you guys. Today, guys, I have Kavit Haria. He runs InsiderInternetSuccess.com. And basically what Kevin does is he helps his clients find clarity when starting out their businesses online and within a year helps them go from concept to six figures. That's a huge claim. And that six figures mark, that $100,000 mark seems to be where everyone online kind of culminates because I think at $100,000, it presents a level of freedom that people imagine that once I get to this point, I actually have a viable business. And especially if you're in a regular full-time job, Cavett is actually a musician and started out as a musician and plays the tambourine. And I believe I'm saying that right. You'll let us know in a minute. Cavett, welcome to the uh, to podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Ronan. It's not the tambourine. That makes me laugh, but it's actually called the tabla. Ah, tabla. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it down the tambourine wrong. is something you shake, and it makes a bit of music. <laughs> <laughs> the tabla, okay, there we go. And now, now I do know what it is, though. It's two. It's kind of an uneven drum set, right? Right, exactly. It's uh, two percussion instruments. They're one is slightly bigger than the others. The djembe or the congo or the bongo. You play with the majority of your hand, so you play with the top half of your palm and into your fingers. Mm-hmm. And the tabla, you play with your fingers only, so it's very intricate. You know, one finger can make a sound, but then three, three fingers can make a sound. And there's uh, so many different types of sounds you can make. It's very intricate, very, very intricate. And it's actually dubbed by many of the best drummers, if you like, the hardest percussion instrument to play. And that's what I do. <laughs> that is amazing. So when you got started, you know, I've had a couple musicians on and there always seems to be a, a common theme 
with musicians that their business, their actual internet business or their brick and mortar business got started because they were successful at what they were doing. They were able to make money as a musician, which number one is a very hard thing to do on a consistent basis. (laughs) I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that they're professional musicians at night, (laughs) but during the daytime they're doing something else. So when you first got started, how did you get into the whole music business and take playing this instrument from something you were doing and learning to, Hey, I want to do this as a profession. Yeah, that switch was more of a mental slash heartfelt switch where I said, you know, this is a great thing that I'm doing. I'm really good at it, or at least I thought I was. And I, I want to be able to do something with it. I mean, I've spent so many years like practicing this thing for an hour plus a day. And I've obviously picked up a skill and I'm passionate about it. What can I do with it? And I didn't really want to be, it's an Indian instrument, right? So I don't really want to be an, Indi- an Indian instrument player playing for Indian music you know, like it's it's an expected thing. Like people see it, they know what it's supposed to sound like. They know that you'll see that instrument when they go to an Indian concert, whatever. Right. I wanted to actually do this with people that had never heard this kind of music before. So they could see the level of intricacy and they could see the level of sound, the detail in the sound that would, how, and how it would really change music. And I wanted to do that with dance music, pop music, rock music, jazz, blues, reggae, Latin music. And that was really what drove me. The ability to say, you know, I may not be the very best in my music. I'm hoping to be there. I'm hoping to get there. There's hundreds of people better than me. But I know I could, I listen to this kind of music and I know I could bring this edge to this kind of stuff and change and revolutionize how things are done. And so that's really what what drove me initially to get to the point where I was professional, if you like. And that word is obviously a very odd word. I mean, like, (laughs) right. Unless you're a doctor or an optician or a dentist, you just call yourself professional when you're professional. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you stick to a few rules, you turn up smart, you present yourself well, you obviously play good music and you know the timing of music and, you know, you learn the science behind music. Uh, You're a professional. I mean, what's to say you're not? Anyway, that's it. I derail it. But after a few months, when I was wanting to do this whole thing and playing with a lot of different types of music, I struggled a lot because... As you very clearly said, musicians only get paid when they really perform and play. You know, apart from that, if they don't get the gigs, they're not going to be earning. Right. If they're not recording, they're not going to be earning, in which case they're doing some other job. And I wanted to practice with these musicians. And of course, I got to practice with them on something brand new without offering them gigs and recording and not pay them because I didn't have the money, of course. So first of all, that in itself was the biggest challenge that I had faced at the time, which unfortunately never succeeded at. I couldn't get any musician to say, let's just spend some time because they were either working a job, making money or playing or wanting to use that time to play. And so for six months, I tried to do this and I struggled a lot until I stumbled online and had to look for some other way to make this work. And I found a mentor online who sold a book. And in that book, I learned a few different ways about promoting my music. But the biggest lesson I took away from that book was that the most important thing with any of this is that I've got to learn how to market myself. And as a musician, it was the hardest thing to hear because as you, with musicians and with any artist, whether you're a creative writer, painter, author, whatever it is, you love to do what it is that you love to do. You don't want to do the business side of things. You just want to do the art. I mean, that's the biggest thing that drives you. The art is the thing that we all believe that, hey, if I just keep playing great music, people will hear me. People will find me. But unless you're somebody like, you know, Katy Perry or 
whoever, 50 Cent or whatever, you're not getting, right. <laughs> you're not, not going to be found. I mean, like, there's no way. And these guys are singers. I'm just the background guy. I mean, who, who do you know the background guy who plays for, like, any of the top singers out there? You I don't know, know any, any of the background guys, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. So unless you do your own marketing, there's no way that you, somebody who should never really be known, me, essentially, the background guy, should be heard of. And so I committed the next few months to learning everything I cared about, marketing, promotion, how to position myself and how to sell myself and how to write about myself in a way that would get people wanting to listen and, and stuff like that. And stuff that musicians don't really want to learn and commit to, but I had to, and I realized that I was willing to make that sacrifice. And so the two or three years that followed after that, because I took what I learned and I'm, I'm an action taker. I take what I learned. I implement it right away, even to this very day. And so I did all of that. And I, in the next two or three years were very fruitful because of it. You know, I, for week upon week, I learned how to get gigs. I first found the musicians, worked with them, got the gigs first before actually practicing any music, and then got some musicians to work with me. For about two years, I gigged three times a week all over the world, essentially. I played with some really, really cool musicians like uh, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. We oh, played yeah. at the Royal Apple Bowl in London. Yeah, so I did some cool things. You know, I recorded a few CDs, and all of it comes down to that very one lesson. And after that period of short success, if you like, a lot of musicians were asking me what I was doing. People that I knew in my community were asking what I was doing to get that level of gigs or that level of contacts and that networking. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of the start of my little online business, although at that point it wasn't yet a business, nor was it online. And I started <laughs> right. to coach other people, sit down over coffee, tea, a beer, whatever, and talk to them about the things that we were doing the things that I was doing to actually get these gigs, the things I was doing to find and connect with these musicians to get these massive opportunities that I had received. And soon after I learned that I was spending all this time doing all this coaching, if you like, two, three hours a day with two or three different people, repeating the same thing time and time again for a period of about two years until I realized that there's got to be a better way to do this because I'm, I'm like losing the time to practice my music, which would make me better and allow me to get better opportunities. And that's really what I wanted to do at the time. And so the journey, if you like, continued where I met a friend who at that time was very much into natural healing, natural health, and getting rid of and curing diseases through this method. And he was writing ebooks and publishing ebooks online selling them for money and people would basically buy them. And the thing about eBooks is that it's hundred percent digital. So the overheads are very low. And he told me that I could do exactly the same thing for my music business. Cause I told him the challenges I was facing. And in 2004 and five, I released a few different eBooks, five eBooks specifically that I started to share and write online. That was, if you like the very start of my online business. Interesting. So 2004, 2005, MySpace generation, how are you selling ebooks? MySpace. <laughs> That's it. Yes. I mean, I grew this massive following on MySpace itself because of, first of all, MySpace at that time boomed. Like it was huge. I, oh, yeah. I just actually stumbled upon Wikipedia two days ago about MySpace, funny enough. I was very curious <laughs> because I read, came across the word MySpace again in a book, and I haven't looked at MySpace in four years now. Yeah. And if you look at their story, it's just shocking that they have gone from doing very well, being sold to News Corp for $500 million, and then bought over by another group and Justin Timberlake for only $30 million, like two years ago or three years ago. So <laughs> right. the downfall is, is just incredibly fast. But anyway, MySpace at the time was extremely massive for musicians, and I built a huge following. So I had this website. I was selling e-books. 
I was writing on music forums, which for musicians is a big thing because people hang out at forums looking for people to work with. And so I would always go to forums and share ideas and share tips and include my signature link and all those things. And I would go to MySpace and share on MySpace with my musicians community all this stuff that I'd created and, and they could go find out about it. And that was driving a lot of people to my site. You know, in the very first year, I built a newsletter of 8,000 people, uh, just musicians, obviously, singers, songwriters, artists, vocalists, instrumentalists, managers, record label people, 8,000 of them in a year, just because I've offered to them what I call the Musicians Development Newsletter, and I was sharing it on forums and MySpace. That's amazing. So back in 2004, 5, 6, right around that period of time, email wasn't as mature as it is now. You didn't have full segmentation of lists and you know being able to track exactly who opened and where they clicked in your email and Infusionsoft and HubSpot and all the constant contact stuff. It wasn't as evolved as it is now. So how were you able to grow a list of 8,000 people in one year? Because, I mean, people right now have a problem growing a list of 800 people in two years. So how were you able to do it in one year back in 2004? There's two schools of thought. One of them is that it was a lot easier then than it is now. And then the other one is that it's a hell of a lot easier than it is now than it was then. Right. <laughs> and back then I used a service called Constant Contact to definitely existed at that time. And I signed up with them. I put a little form on my website. People joined the constant contact database. And I would uh, prepare manually and email out manually a newsletter every single week. The autoresponder facility was like a maximum of one or two emails, like the welcome message and then maybe one more. Right. So I would every single Monday sit down, write out the email, send it out. But the way that it worked then is exactly the way that it works now. Somebody fills out a form. They go into an email campaign or an email system. And you have that information collected. And it really was as simple as that. But there was no marketing automation. There was no infusion stuff. There was no, oh, if somebody clicks on this link, let me know. And then let's forward that on. I really didn't care about any of that stuff at the time because I never knew about it. That's the thing about business in a way or marketing or success or anything in life is that you push out as much as you know. Your ceiling, in fact, is as much as you know. And so to be, you could say, I'm not going to start a business. People say this right now. I'm not going to start a business because I just don't know enough. But really, who says that? Everybody at their capacity has enough to do something to get started. You will then know where to learn, what to learn, how to learn it. I mean, do you learn social media? Do you learn content marketing? Do you learn advertising? Do you learn podcasts? What do you learn? There's so much to learn. But just start with what you have. And I guess that's what I did. But in the later part of, the, part of that business, that business folded and not folded, but that business slowed down and I moved away in 2009. And at that point, we had 145,000 people in the business, but we had a lot more automation. We had all the autoresponder series. Right now, the business still has a two-year autoresponder series in place. Every single week, every single Monday, there's an email, the Musicians Development Newsletter that goes out. So that's 104 emails in there. People buy off of those series all the time. How important do you think that is to actually have a 100-plus email autoresponder series is number one just insane. But how important do you think that is? Because I talked to a lot of coaches and essentially you started off as a coach. And I mean, you're essentially still a coach now. But do you think that it's important to the success of coaches and online people and offline businesses to actually have an autoresponder series tied into their newsletter to build their business? Or is it something you can just skip? No, absolutely. You have to have it. For me, 
right now what I do, just to jump ahead to give a bit of back frame into my answer, is that for the, after that business was very successful, the music business, by the way, it went on to six and seven figures. I traveled a lot after that. I took a gap of some time to, to just recharge and do a few other things. And right now what I've been doing for the last three years and what makes me really come alive is helping people go from concept to idea and then idea to plan and then plan to launch, as you mentioned at the beginning. And every single thing revolves around this idea that we want to automate our business so that we can have more time off. Everybody wants to do that. They want to have such a good business that is predictable, repeatable, scalable, so we can run it. Now, if you want to build a business online today, the most important thing is relationship, uh, community, belonging, call it whatever you like. But the most important thing is that you get a group of people that you think are interested in what it is that you do, and then you focus on building a relationship. Most people, unfortunately, just shove stuff down their throat and try to sell it. And the thing about that is that if you're just trying to sell something, right off the bat of the very first communication, you're going to fail. Maybe one person, maybe two people buy it because they're actually in exactly the right mind frame that you need them to be in. But the rest are not. They don't know you. They don't like you. They absolutely do not trust you yet. And the whole purpose of the autoresponder is to get people to trust you. That's it. There's no other point. You get them to know you, get them to like you, and you trust you. The moment somebody trusts you, they are what I would call red-hot buyers, ready to actually buy something that you've got. And it's then your job to present them something that you've got. So whoever you are, whatever you sell, whether it's a service, a product, or a software, whatever it is, you've got to have an autoresponder series. And then I challenge you to think about where you can actually have autoresponder series, not just to sell stuff, but actually to welcome people onto your program or your product or your service or your coaching. Because then what you're doing is continuing to build the trust and love within you and that customer to the point where they actually become uh, referral partners or advocates, which then allows your business to even grow without you there. Right. So jumping forward with um, insider internet success, right? when you teach people how to do this whole thing, putting together their autoresponder series, planning out their launch, say, for instance, one of the things that I get a lot of questions about is like, Hey, and I was just talking about this on a, a Facebook uh, coaching forum. They were like, well, I'm using this website, and it's a website called Thumbtack, and it, it's a lot like uh, like an Angie's List or something like that where it refers you business. And there's coaches and business consultants and SEO experts, and people make a request. You bid on the request. It costs you a certain number of points. You pay for points up front, and they submit the request. If, if they pick you, then you possibly try to sell them business. Right. It's very low cost, which is one of the problems, is that it's very low cost. So one of the things that I get questions about, and we were talking about this, is when you're helping someone plan out, say, for instance, a coaching business that they want to scale to six figures, there are a million coaches out there and most don't make money. And yeah. so coaching is not a new concept. It's not something that you have to work through and try to figure out. Coaching is coaching, whether you're life coaching, business coaching, you still basically have to put together the same type of business as every other coach out there. How would you advise a coach to build something that they can take to six figures? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer, in my opinion, comes down to clarity. And when I say clarity, I'm talking about, well, first of all, the clarity of your vision depicts the level of your success that you have. 
So the more clear you and the coaches, of course, know this. I mean, I'm not I'm preaching to the person that told me this, but the the more clear you are about what it is that you want to achieve and do, and also the more clear you are about the transformation you want to create, the more successful you're going to be. Now, when I say clarity, I'm talking about look when you sell something to somebody, no matter who it is, whether you're selling product, service, coaching, or whatever. As a coach, in this instance, your job is to take somebody from point A, which is where they are, to point B, which is where they want to go. So there is point A, which is the current reality of that person, and point B is the ideal reality of that person. Now, the very first thing you need to do is make your proposition, your offer, what you would like you know, that person to achieve, and for them to know that you can help them get there, to make that an attractive proposition. And I would do that, first of all, by outlining the very critical steps that somebody needs to take to go from A to B. Now, of course, in order to do that, it means that you need to know who you're targeting. You need to know what problems they have. You cannot be a coach for everybody. You've got to be a coach for a very specific group of people that need your help. And trust me, there will be a lot of people in that group enough to make your payday and your month and your year and your life worth it. So figure out who that target group is. Figure out what problem they have, why they're in that current reality. Figure out the exact steps that you would take to tell them or take them on in order to get to point B, the ideal reality, and document that. And then that becomes your critical system that you're marketing, the sales process, if you like, that you're marketing, or the package that you're marketing is, I can help you go for, if you're a musician who's struggling, who's got getting enough gigs, not getting enough exposure, and you're in this place right now where you're working two jobs, and you would like to go to this place where you can quit your job, get constant gigs, have recording opportunities, and are selling your music online. I know that's not where you are right now, but that's where you'd like to go. I've got a system that can help you get there. And that completely makes what you do unique and makes what you do under a banner, if you like, that you can then promote and share. Because otherwise, you're just a coach. Oh, I offer coaching sessions and, you know, my charge is this much for one hour or you can pay me for the month and it's like whatever, $100, $200, $600 for the month. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. You know, that's all great and stuff, but everyone does that, as you said, and most of them fail. And so... You have to figure out what is your package, put it into a package, and then figure out how you deliver it. Do you deliver it one-to-one? Do you deliver it in a workshop? Do you deliver it uh, through group coaching, webinars? Whatever. It doesn't really matter how you deliver it. Because here's the thing, you see. People don't buy your coaching. People don't buy videos or audios or workshops. What they buy is what they get, which is the transformation. People buy the end result. People buy the expected outcome from working with this whole process. So that's why, you know, like you said at my, on my site, being a very bold claim, what I do is do this to this and get you to six figures. It's a bold claim, but that's exactly the expected outcome that I want my client to have and which makes my system different to pretty much every other system out there. And the same thing for any other coach, and any other coach can do that. Yeah, you know, what, what you don't see enough is when a coach does a pitch or they talk to the person about what it is that they want to do. They're a relationship coach. Oh, I can help you with your relationship. And we got into this conversation in this forum. And I think it's interesting what you just said is because it's almost the exact same thing that I was telling her. I'm like, look, people buy the result. They don't care that you're a coach. They care that you know how to get single women dates or that you know how to help people lose 15 pounds in 45 days. That's what they care about. They don't care that you're a weight loss coach or they don't care that you're a general relationship coach. They care that you can deliver. I can show you how to save your marriage in four simple steps. And these are the steps. And then I'm going to take you from this part to this part. 
And I think too often with entrepreneurs, and not just coaches, but entrepreneurs in general, they do a thing. Well, I'm a social media expert, or I'm this, or I'm that, or even with authors. I'm an author, and this is what I write about, but they don't actually tell you what it is that you're going to get. I was having an interesting conversation with uh, Farnoosh Tarabi, and we were talking about book titles. And I see that, you know, on your site, you talk about Kindle success and helping people be successful on Kindle. And one of the things that she was saying that it's just like key is making sure in your title, you tell people exactly what they're going to get and right. how you're going to get them there, because yeah. that's what actually sells the book. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you just said. And since we kind of touched on Kindle and that you mentioned it a little bit, can you Go a little bit into how you would help someone with Kindle transitioning from, you know, like the coaching conversation over to maybe a Kindle author. Yeah, I mean, I used to run a program called Kindle Empire Kickstart. I did it for about uh, two or three years. And we would take people on a journey of learning everything they need to know about publishing ebooks on Amazon. And we would also, at the same time, help them put together their very first book for them. I've always been, you know, like the automated business system, my current service, I've always been on this idea that not only do I show you how to do it, but I do it with you and for you. And I think that that way people can be empowered and also confident enough that they can make it work. But coming down to the idea of Kindle, I think the most critical, important things with regards to Kindle are your title, your cover, and your description. And so the title, as you just touched on, which what Farnoosh said is that it's also very absolutely correct, is that it's got to tell them exactly what it's going to give them. If you look at the most successful books out there, they all have two titles. They have a title, which is short, punchy, and just two or three words. And then they have a subtitle. So the four-hour work, and then it says, escape the nine-to-five, join the new rich, and something else. And then you've got Hooked by Nir Eyal, which is how to create habit-forming products. Every single one of them that you look at that's always on the bestseller in the nonfiction category always has a title and a subtitle, and you've got to try and do that. And the title is your catchy phrase and brand, and your subtitle is telling them exactly what they're going to learn in the book. Like, that's it. You know, you read that title, you know what the book's about. And then, so the other thing is the image on Kindle, because if you do this experiment, go to Amazon, whether you go to on your phone, your tablet, or your computer, and you search something, just search self-help or search manifesting or whatever, or social media. And you'll see a whole list of books come up in Kindle. And as you look through the page, nobody scrolls through the page extremely, extremely slowly. I mean, everybody scrolls. They generally scroll at a regular pace. And when you scroll at a regular pace, you really can't read all the titles of all the books on there because it's just so small. And so your eye is immediately drawn to the cover every time. And so you have to make your cover of your book so damn good that as I'm scrolling through and seeing 10 or 15 covers, yours pops out for me. Because the moment yours pops out for me, I'm going to stop scrolling. Then I'm going to read the title and subtitle. Then I'm going to decide whether to click or not. So the cover is really important. And people mess up the cover in so many different ways, you know, like with lots of images, lots of different types of text. You really just need one good image and one good, stable, big font that gives you the headline and or the title, if you like. And that should be good enough if you do it and design it well enough to capture people's attention. Which people price ebooks at? Because you see it all over the board and you hear all kinds of advice about, oh, well, you know, $9.99 or $2.99 or just 99 cent and you can make a million dollars like the uh, the one girl that wrote the mystery series. And yeah, sure. <laughs> what, sure. what do you recommend when people do Kindle books? What do you recommend they I, price them at? I've tested in across 100 different books now with different clients. I've tested four key price points. The first one is 0. 0.99, so 99 cents. The second one is $2.99. The third one is $7.87. I don't know why, but $7.87. <laughs> right. 
and then the fourth one is 9.99. And these four seem to be the ones that perform regularly. And I think it depends also on the topics. Like nonfiction, I would say you price between you know 4.99 all the way up to 9.99. Any of those 4.99, 7.87, or 9.99. And then some people price at 12.98, and but you know with that you only make 30% of the income. If you price 9.99 and under, Amazon gives you 70% of the income. So that's what I would do. And if it's fiction, you know, it's hard to compete with fiction because some of the very, very best authors, James Patterson or whoever, after a while, you know, their new book becomes old and their old book now drops from $12.99 all the way down to $2.99 or 0.99, so 99 cents. And it's hard to compete with that. So I think you have to be in that in that group. Right. Do you think that with authors, it's a good idea to take maybe the, the Nathan Berry approach and pull your books off of Amazon and sell them directly on your website and via email list? One of my uh, best friends, his name is Paul, and uh, he was used to be a plumber in his earlier days. And he built a successful business, and then he built a successful business doing something else. And then he wanted to go back into, or he wanted to go rather into online marketing. So we looked at all of his skills, and the one thing he was really good at was building businesses. And the one audience he found that would really require was plumbing. So he put together a book called Millionaire Plumber. Now, Millionaire Plumber sold for the very first three years online without the Kindle. And we were selling it for $27.99 with an audiobook as well. So two, the book and the audiobook for $27.99. As of, uh, I think, two years ago, and maybe three years ago, now we put it on my Kindle. And that this is the only experiment I have of this to, to make it to really share, if you like. But as we put it on the Kindle, so we've dropped the price down to under $9.99, mm-hmm. just ebook. But it went, the sales went up five or six times. Oh, my God. Uh, so I don't really know if it was still worth it, but it seems worth it for me in that we're reaching a lot more people. And right. we still get sales off of our $27.99 website, which is really incredible. <laughs> but people generally, if they're on Amazon, they want it on their Kindle. It's not, I think it's nice to have that option. I look at myself as a consumer, and when I'm a consumer and I don't see a book that I really want to read on the Kindle, and I read on the Kindle, I kind of get annoyed and I don't buy the book. Right. So it would make my life a lot easier if the books were on the Kindle. And that's, that's what I'm going with. All right, cool. <laughs> on your website, you've got quite a few case studies can you walk us through, like, what's one of your favorite stories for how you've taken someone from concept all the way through? Because I think that'll give people a better idea of, you know, I want to go out to Cabot's website. I want to take a look, and I have a business that I want to grow. Why would I do it, and, and how does he help me get to success? Yeah, sure. Those case studies are there for anybody to see. So I'm going to give you another case study that's not on there. One of my favorite ones, a recent one, a recent meaning, you know, the last couple of months. And so here's a lady who's a coach just because we're talking about coaches. And she's in the United Kingdom. She's somebody who, for most of her life, has been a teacher, risen up to head teacher, and uh, runs a successful career. She, unfortunately, got divorced. She has two kids. She's a young mom. That's just who she is right now. And when I spoke with her, one of the things that she really struggled with was that in her life, she's gone and done all these different things, but now she's got two kids, she doesn't have a husband, and she's got this job, and she feels trapped trapped in life because of the different situations life has given us. And I guess when stuff happens, you lose your self-worth and you become depressed. Now, what she really wanted to do, and she's been studying to become a coach, so what she really wanted to do is learn how to build a business the proper way and have it completely online so that she could afford her family, her kids, the kind of things that you know, she couldn't have, but she'd really love for them to have. And so we talked about, again, this whole A to B thing. So I said, look, you've been through this, you've come out of it, you've helped people. And this is defined for me what this trap is, because 
you've been there yourself, so you'll know it more than anybody else. And she made a whole list of how it felt to be trapped. And then I said, well, what is the opposite of trapped, where you feel like you are right now? And she said, transformed. And so I said, well, write down all the emotions and feelings that you have around transformed and lay all that out. So now we have in process A to B from trapped to transformed, which you know became the name of her business also. And she called herself the Trapped Transform program creator. And I said, well, lay out the steps that are involved to go from A to B, from Trapped to Transform. And she put together six critical steps. And she found an acronym, and she called it CHANGE, C-H-A-N-G-E. And so for each of the weeks, so six weeks, she would teach somebody one of the letters of that process. The first week would be C, the second week would be H, the third week would be A, and so forth. And now what she had here was a week-by-week video process, a video seminar would go out to their inbox every single week for 30 to 40 minutes. They would get to watch it scheduled time when they're on their coaching program. And they would watch it on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and join her on a coaching call on a Thursday. And here she's got this entire six-week machine, if you like, running, where she's taking women specifically from feeling trapped to transformed and opening up the vault of what she's teaching, what she's gone through, the experiences that, so that others can relate to her and free themselves from it. Now, here's somebody who is setting that up, or she set it up. Now, that's what she's selling. We helped her outline what she's selling to the product, how she put it all together, the pricing, $499, and then it will go up from there. And then we outlined the marketing and sales strategy. And the very best way that we thought this would work is she could get out and speak to a group of ladies, and she runs a meetup group to do that. She could do social media. She could do paid ads to her site, but people won't spend $500 just of a cold ad or cold traffic. So we had to think of a different approach. And the best approach, in my opinion, is the webinar funnel. So we helped, we helped her and teach, taught her how to design a webinar script and gave her all the feedback she needed and helped her with the slides. And, you know, literally everything was hand in hand. And we got her to record in our office. She recorded the, the webinar. And we do this virtually, obviously, with clients as well. And so recorded the webinar. And then we put it up into an automated system. We had emails that were set up for those that to be invited to the webinar. Those that missed it would get different. Those that attended would get different emails. They would ultimately get follow-up sales emails to buy her course. They would buy her course through Infusionsoft. They would get emails to welcome her into, cost, into the course, welcome emails every six weeks. And she's taught how to write her own newsletter as well. This is a complete automated business system up and running on, this, on the web for this lady where she's driving traffic through four methods, social media, content marketing, paid advertising, and partnerships, four critical methods for driving traffic into her funnel. And she's sending people on a webinar, getting it automated. They're watching, they're buying, and then they're getting the coaching that they require. Wow, yeah, this is amazing. I'm actually looking at her site as you were talking. Oh, cool. It's amazing. And, you know, I don't want to butcher her first name, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it. Uh, is it Kathura? Kathura, yeah, Kathura Gordon. Yeah, Kathura Gordon. And... Everything that you're saying, you know, I mean, she's doing, she's got the meetup group where she's meeting with women and it looks like a little small source of revenue and she's got her entire program and I'm looking at this webinar funnel and she's got a free webinar that women can sign up for and it's amazing. And you guys, did you, you did this entire thing for her basically? Yeah, it is that. We walked her through setting up the product, setting up, the, we helped her with the, figure out her strategies, pricing, marketing, sales, positioning strategies, and then we have a team here. Uh, we have a project manager who runs her team of a designer, developer, a few different writers, sales writer, etc. And we take the action plan from our initial work, and then we build everything within six weeks, and we have it up and running completely. And then the remainder of our time working with the client, which is usually about 10 months, because this is a total of you know a 12-month process, within that time is really just 
getting her marketing plan straight, helping her execute, giving her the training that she needs to do it, figuring out what works with her and then amplifying what works and getting her up all the way to 100K. Yeah, I'm glad you say that it's a 12-month process because all too often you see internet programs and, oh, there's a done-for-you service and we're going to help you in three months. And in this three-month period of time, you know, we're going to take you from this to that and build out your site and do all this stuff. And often they just fall flat and you never end up getting what it is that you actually think you're paying for. Or so much of the work is dependent on the person buying all of these separate little systems, usually that the person is an affiliate for, to try to build out, you know, the system. And I know you've seen it. It was like, oh, well, we're going to help you with, with your lead thing. And so you need to follow our link and go buy lead pages. And, okay, now you need to do this. And, oh, by the way, you need to go right. and get that. And, oh, right. here's our link. And and now we're going to just walk you through how to put it all together, where if you just looked at the videos on lead pages, you'd figure it out. But yeah. this yeah. is an entire system, and I can see how well it's put together that you guys actually walk through this because the copy is really good and compelling. And all too often you'll hear someone share a case study or a success story. And then you go out to the website and it's like, well, is this the success story? Because that's not what you describe. <laughs> but you know, when you go to this site is trapped to transform.com, you know, you see, discover how to overcome negative feelings and circumstances and start living the life you've always dreamed about. I want to continue to read this. And it goes into, you know, it asks some questions and then it drops down into her story and the story arc is well developed and see the, I've got this problem. Do you have this problem? Yeah, I've got that problem. Well, this is where I was and this is how I depressed I was and what I went through. And then this is how I overcame it. And now I can help you do this very same thing based on this system that I created. And that's, that's awesome. This, this is a really well thought out thing. And I'm glad we talked a little bit more about this because I think it'll give people a really good idea of how they can actually build out an automated business online and that yeah, it's not just yeah. an overnight process. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. that is, that's well, an awesome thank you story. for checking this site out. I didn't expect you to do that. So that's oh, awesome. no, no. Yeah, it's good, man. You know, you have to because, hey, people want to know, well, is this really legit? I don't know if somebody mm, can take mm. me from zero concept and I've been trying to build a business online and this and that for years. And now this one guy is going to take me from this to that and it's going to make it. Well, well, you know, I think there's two things to it. First is that the technical work is a, a lot of, it's really hard for a lot of people. I mean, that's right. why people start. And for me, it's, it's not, I know exactly what, what we're doing here. We've built a team around that. We built, I feel, feel like some of the best people that we've got on board to help with that. And so we just take all of that struggle out of somebody's hands and what they can focus on doing is learning everything they need to know about marketing because you know you can pay someone to do your marketing for you but at the end of the day when that person leaves when that person quits when that person doesn't work or when that person goes on holiday who's going to do your marketing so i want people to be empowered to learn their marketing skills and then they can go ahead and think about how they outsource it so giving them the time to do that and the time and space to breathe while we get it all done in two months which would normally take somebody six or ten months to do is really what brought brings it all together really nicely Right. No, that's amazing. And um, like I said, it's thank you for sharing that. It's, it's always nice to be able to to tie a successful Internet story that, you know, because we get we get people on here all the time and successful entrepreneurs. And I think people see that and it's like, well, yeah, they're successful, but he got started when it was MySpace and 
you know, that was the heyday and it was easy to build. And it, once you get yeah, that yeah. momentum, this, this, this case study I'm telling you about just launched like four or five months ago. So right, right. you can and see it working in action right there. If you guys go out, if you don't believe it, you can just go out to the Wayback Machine and you can see exactly when yeah, the site was yeah. put up. It's really good and it's inspiring to see that you're doing the work because all too often people aren't doing the work. You know, they talk mm-hmm. about it, but they don't actually do the work. You're actually, this is what you do. We usually don't get into pricing, but what does an entrepreneur have to pay to do something like this from a, uh, I just, you know, from a business perspective? I've got a concept. I want to launch this business. I'm going to go to Cavett's company. What is it going to cost me for, you know, insider internet success to help me build my business? Yeah. At the moment, we charge $25,000. That's the entire 12-month process, getting everything planned, built, done, coached, all the way up to six figures in a year. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a small investment to make to uh, right. <laughs> build a six-figure business. Of course, the business is theirs to keep. <laughs> right. So you're on your, you know. That's awesome, man. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Where can people find you online? So as you said, you know, there's a lot of case studies on the website. And the case studies are there, but we actually wrote a little bit more about the case studies and turned it into a PDF that people can download. So you could have in your hands, on your phone, in your tablet, laptop, a little guide that shows you the stories behind what they did, how they did it, etc. And, you know, you can go to insiderinternetsuccess.com. That's I-N-S-I-D-E-R, insiderinternetsuccess.com. Nice little orange button there that says, show me the case study. And if you click on that, you'll be able to go ahead and download the PDF. And I'll make it better because on the website, if you go to any of the pages there, and I really recommend you do this. There's a page called Automated Business System, and right at the bottom there or somewhere it says Apply. And if you click Apply, you'll be able to book a 30-minute free call with a business coach. And that's oh, me yeah, or that's better. my yeah. business coach here, Adam. And what we'll do is we'll talk with you about all your ideas and uh, show you exactly how what we do can be applied to your idea. And then together we'll make the decision as to whether this is right for you. Uh, There's no obligation, no sales pitch, nothing like that. It's just an investigation to see whether what you've got we can help with, and if we can, whether you like it or not. Yeah, see that right here, request a uh, free strategy call. That's it, request a free strategy call. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Kevin, I do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing so much with us. Interesting background. It's always uh, fun to me to hear how musicians turn their passion for music into actually a a marketing business, because that happens... uh, a lot here lately. I've been talking to a few musicians. So, Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Very cool. Thanks a lot. Hey, guys, that was a pretty amazing episode. We learned so much from Kevin. I love it when I get a guest on and they can really break down the different aspects of their business, what they do, and how you can benefit from it. One of the things that stuck with me that Kevin said was the clarity of your vision depicts the level of the success that you have. And it is so true that once you get clarity around what it is that you want to do, your success is either going to skyrocket or if you don't get clarity, it's going to plummet eventually. And the business that he has of helping entrepreneurs figure out what that thing is and then monetizing that vision is just amazing. Make sure you check out the uh, Trapped to Transform website. I have it linked. It's actually in the show notes. So if you just go right to it, you'll show up. Um, we also talked about Kindle, surprisingly enough, and actually what is important for selling Kindle because one of the programs that Cabot had in his background was a Kindle book 
creation program and monetization strategy that he was selling. And we talked about if you're a Kindle author, if you're an author, what's required? And then not only did we talk about that, but right before that, we also broke down how to build an effective coaching offer for your coaching business. So for all you business coaches out there that want to learn how to build a a coaching offer around what your special genius is, this is a good episode for you guys to listen to. I was so excited that he did that. And it was just an amazing time. I had a lot of fun talking to Cavett. It was very, very cool. Before I get out of here, I wanted to make sure, guys, email me, vernon at vernonross.com. I'm trying to get a lot of emails in so that I know what you guys want and I can send out a survey. The show is evolving and I want it to change a little bit, but I want to know if you guys want it to change and if you're happy with the content so far. From the feedback I've been getting, I hear that you are, but, you know, hey, I want to get some more emails in and send out a survey to some new people that aren't currently on the email list. I want to see what you guys think and how you guys like it. If you are taking advantage of the Social Strategy Academy and the Sponsorship Toolkit, it is out there and it is a free sponsorship course. I have outlined in there, there's a 75-minute webinar with Steve Stewart from um, Money Plan SOS. He's got an entire program that includes a bunch of other videos. You guys can link to that in the show notes. Make sure to sign up for the free course. Just go out there and enroll and you can take it and download all the stuff and use it as you see fit. Of course, you can't claim it as your own, but you can use it and it is valuable. It's stuff that I've actually used to land sponsorships and get money. There's a pitch letter in there that most of the time when I send that letter, I get positive results back from the sponsor that I'm approaching for that particular sponsorship or that sponsorship offer. So definitely make sure to download the sponsorship toolkit. You can also find me out on Twitter at Ross PR, pretty much everywhere online at Ross PR. I'm also out on Periscope, also out on Blab now. So you can find me on Blab at Ross PR. Just search for at Ross PR and you'll find it. Um, blabbing nightly. So far I've blabbed two nights in a row and didn't Periscope. What are, you know? What are the thoughts of that? I heard that uh, Carlos Gill actually missed a flight because he was blabbing on the uh, the Medium. There's um, someone on Medium that emails out a, a, a blab, I guess a um, synopsis of everything that's going on in the world of blab now. And she put that up there about Carlos Gill. Carlos was uh, from St. Louis. He's out of San Francisco now. I think he went to go work for LinkedIn. But he's a good friend of mine on, on social and online. And funny enough, we've never met in person, <laughs> but we talked to each other quite a bit online. And apparently he missed a flight because he was on blab. So I guess it's worth checking out. Some of the conversations out there are really interesting. And here lately, I've been doing some late night blabs. So yeah, there's that. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Make sure you check out all the links on the show, on the podcast. Become a patron. I'm not going to say more than that. Just check it out and let me know what you think. It's something that Podbean is doing. And look forward to some stuff that I'm going to be doing with Spreaker. I'm excited about that too as well. All right, with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, guys. And I will see you in the next episode. 